Welcome back to Home Design Chat with Nancy. We're all about your home, your kitchens, baths, tile, appliances, and even the paint on your walls. You name it and we chat about it. Well, now on with the show. Today is June 23rd, and as I say every week, I catalog everything by date, so if you look for a particular uh, podcast, just go by the date. They're all chronological on all of the platforms that I do. You know, I get a lot of questions about paint. I mean, whether you're doing it yourself or you're hiring a painter or you're painting the walls or the cabinets or anything else that you can paint furniture yeah i am not the expert in paint but we do have the expert Lori clark is a senior designer accounting executive with sherwin williams and she covers arizona and las vegas and whatever she says actually will go for arizona las vegas and every other state and country right Lori? that is correct yes and thank you so much for being with me today Always a pleasure. Well, I know that Sherwin-Williams has introduced a couple of new items, and you are going to be talking about them as we go through questions. Like I said, everybody asks me about paint, whether it's the color on the wall, is this going to go with this or that or whatever? And so I've uh, got a list of questions, which I hope will be of interest to everybody. So let's start with the first one. For all the do-it-yourselfers, they ask, what is the most difficult part of painting the interior of the house? What do you think? Well, I would think the most difficult part is actually selecting the color. Selecting, selecting color holds up most jobs, right? Painters mm-hmm. are waiting for the homeowner to make that decision. The homeowner can't decide. There's just so many things to decide. And so I think that's probably the most difficult. People don't want to, you know, kind of pull the trigger, if you will, and go, yes, that's that's the white I want, you know? <laughs> yeah, and then when you put it on the wall, they go, that's not the white I really want. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> that is correct. That is correct. So I think that's the most difficult part. And certainly... There's a lot of ways to really kind of get past that. You know, um, we have on our website, we have our visualizer that they can upload a picture and kind of download the color and see what the room will kind of look like virtually before they actually purchase the paint. We have the chip samples in our stores that they can utilize. And we've just rolled out those peel and stick samples. And those are for purchase. You can go online and purchase those. And those are kind of in our most popular popular colors. They're not in every color that's out there, but definitely the most popular, which are the beiges and the whites and things like that and some of the grays. And so if they wanted a larger 8x11, I think it's like $3.95, don't quote me, um, they could get that peel and stick and kind of put it on the wall and really start to kind of make a decision uh, and narrow down their choices. So I think that's the most difficult part. (laughs) For me, the most difficult part is prepping. Uh, taping everything and scraping and cleaning and matter of fact um, this is the question that I just thought of what goes along with the preparing is what do you think about priming do you think it's necessary to prime everything so really depends okay so let's just kind of touch on prepping first Um, I know like when I painted my own bedroom and everything the prep which included moving the furniture dusting and cleaning the walls Mm because that's important right the prepping of the room took about six hours the painting took about a half 
half right. hour, right? You know, the painting itself actually doesn't take very long, but prep is key to really having that final paint coating look amazing. And when you're doing all of that and making all of those decisions, you don't have to do them again. So it's really, really important to prep prior. And we always say the, the substrate should be clean, dry, and dull. So I always notice how dusty my walls are when someone's coming over, right? So I'm like, oh my gosh, my walls are so dusty. So it's really important to get a dust rag up there, get all that dust down, um, make sure your walls are clean. If you've used a little bit of water to kind of wash your walls off, you got to make sure it's dry. Make sure that water kind of evaporates out before you put the paint on and dull. If it happens to be like shiny, glossy paint, you want to kind of dull that down before you put paint on it. Otherwise the paint won't stick. How do you dull it down? So you could actually scuff sand it like a really, 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 really light sand, um, sand coat on that, or use a primer to create some tooth and grip for the paint to hold on to. So yeah, so that's kind of your main components of prepping to put the paint on. Now you said wash the walls, but if it's a kitchen, if there's grease on the wall, should they use a chemical? I think it's TSP or something. So, um, so what I always do, I can only speak to like what I do and, and it's worked, right? Is um, I get like my uh, mop that is a dust mop and I dust everything off because if you try to go wash those walls while there's dust on it, you're going to create mud. How do I know this? Cause I've done it. <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> so you want to dust everything down. And then I like to take a big sponge, like you would wash your car with and really kind of wring it out and kind of go over it really quickly just to make sure you've got everything. Now, if you've got kind of grease and stuff like that on your walls in a kitchen, you can really use anything to get that grease off because eventually once you're done getting kind of all that grease off, you're going to go back with just plain water and kind of wash all of that off, kind of take it back to just the bases. I think a good item for that, because I keep listening to commercials, Dawn dishwashing soap will cut grease and that might be good and it's safe. It's not chemicals. Correct. uh, So use that. Um, Right. And I guess you have to wash the ceiling too. Well, if you're going to paint the ceiling, you want, to dust, you want to dust the ceiling off. Because, I mean, I, I can look in my office right now and there's some dust up on the ceiling. Well, good thing and, we're not doing a video, huh? <laughs> well, and so here's the thing to think about. Um, everybody's always had that situation where they've put paint on the wall and eventually the paint starts to peel off. And the reason is, is that the paint is not getting good adhesion to the wall. If there is dust and dirt on that wall, the paint's going to adhere to the dust. And eventually that dust is going to have it peel off. So you really want the paint to stick to the wall. That's really the point. And like I say, if you do all these steps first, the next time you have to paint is only because you're going to change the color, not because you've, you know, done something wrong with the prep of the wall. Yes. And look at the experience you're getting when you do it yourself. Right. And one more thing I might add, they've got to have the right roller or the right paintbrush to do it. If you don't have the right tools, you're only going to fool yourself because you're going to look at the job and go, you know, I should have gotten a painter. Right. Right. Well, and I will tell you that every paint product has, um, especially our higher end products, and we'll get into that when we kind of talk about the different products, but our higher end products actually require a different type of roller. It just 
it allows the paint to release a little bit easier. It allows the paint to lay out better on the wall. Um, it's not rocket science. It's just sometimes a different roller will give you a better result. And the thicker roller that holds a lot of paint is not always better. Sometimes you can leave impressions of the roller behind if your roller is like really, really saturated with paint. Yeah. Some so, of those rollers like lamb's wool, they mm-hmm. look so nice, but maybe they're not the right product you're Correct. saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the other thing is too, well, when you go into our stores um, to purchase product at a Sherwin-Williams store, the um, the uh customer service people in the store can really be able to help guide like what you're going to need. Are you going to need a roller tray? Do you have a roller tray? Because you definitely want that so you can roll out the paint. Do you have the frame for the roller? What kind of rollers do you need? You know, paintbrushes to cut in, things like that. And don't Um, forget those drop cloths. And a drop cloth, right. Lots of drop cloths. I'm a very messy painter, so I have to have a drop cloth. (laughs) Me too. Let's go to our second question. Do people still use oil-based paint and what would it be good for? So oil-based paints are really, people who use oil-based paints love them. They are actually very beautiful. Um, And the reason that people like to use them is that they give kind of, um, they have like a luster to them. They have a depth to them when you put them on the wall. They don't look plasticky, right? Like your water-based latex paints would look. That's why people really like oil-based products. Oil-based products also are humidity resistant. Um, They are non-blocking, meaning that if you did a cabinet with an oil-based product, so you have the cabinet door and you have the fascia, when you go to close it, sometimes those tend to stick over time. Um, Oil-based products don't do that. So people really love oil-based products. But over the years, EPA requirements um, have said that, you know, you can't sell traditional oil-based products in certain parts of the country, California, Maricopa County here in Arizona, other parts of the country. And so oil-based products have kind of gone away to, um, you know, to, to for people to use like water-based latex paints. So... the problem is the water-based latex paints don't do what those oil-based products do. So now we've created hybrids where we have products that mimic uh, the performance characteristics of an oil-based product, but in a water-based product that is soap and water cleanup, doesn't have like the VOCs and the smells that an oil-based product would have. And generally when you're using an oil-based product, you have a very, very long open time and dry time, meaning that you pretty much, you know, if you paint in the morning, you can't paint again until the next day. So Mm -hmm. it kind of extends that that job. Um, and they tend to be very smelly. And then to clean up your brushes and everything, you have to use mineral spirits. So that can be cumbersome because obviously, um, you can't just pour mineral spirits down the drain. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a something that you would have to hazardous waste cleanup and mm-hmm. and things like that. So that's kind of why we've kind of gone away from oil-based paints, but they still have, you know, cabinetry, trim work, doors, things like that. They just look beautiful on those substrates, but that's why we've created these hybrid products that mimic 
what an oil-based product is so doing. So if somebody goes into your store to get one of those hybrid products, what is it called? Sherwin-Williams hybrid product? <laughs> no, there's a lot of different names for it. So for example, one of my favorite products that we have is our emerald urethane trim enamel. So it's a urethane product uh, that is actually, and, and like our oil-based products the same way, kind of the hybrid oils, what they are is they're these oil molecules or urethane molecules that are surrounded by a water-based molecule. And so it goes on just like a water-based paint would go on and the water evaporates out. And then you get this really good flow and leveling from the oil or the urethane product and it dries really, really hard. So when you're doing trim work, cabinets, doors, things like that. You want a product that is really, really hard that when you close that cabinet, it's not going to crack the finish. Uh, it also has the properties of non-blocking that your traditional oil-based paints have, meaning that when you close that cabinet, it won't stick. You know, it won't stick to that, that fascia board. Or if you do uh, like my mantle uh, at my fireplace. I have a mantle and I have the emerald urethane trim enamel on it. If I use just water-based latex paint that's not meant for that, my vase, my frames, things like that that sit on it would stick. So, you know, for the rest of time, there would be this little bit of stick every time I went to kind of move that vase to dust. And so that's what these hybrid products do. They take these older technologies and kind of put them into modern day where, you know, we can meet those VOC requirements, um, application requirements, and yet still have this beautiful finish that is uh, like a really hard finish that will work. And still, yes, it does. And okay, still good. be cleaned up with water. Yeah. So your brushes, your rollers, all of that can be cleaned up with soap and water. So here's a stupid question. If you're not in an area where they have nixed the oil-based paint, why would the people go buy oil-based paint in other places? Why don't they just go with the Emerald product? Easy cleanup. Good question. However, we have a lot of people in the Midwest and different parts of the country where these products have not been taken off the shelves yet. They are still allowed to sell them. And kind of old-time painters, if you will, that's what they've always used. Yeah, I can see that. They know how to work with it. You know, they've got a system down uh, and that's what they like to use, but they are cumbersome to use and they smell, they release VOCs and, you know, the smell isn't what bothers you so much. It's kind of what you're breathing into your lungs. And that's those VOCs that kind yeah. of come off that oil-based paint. Um, I used to work with a friend when I lived in Northern California. She was a faux painter. The faux was really, really big back in the 80s. Right. And we would use oil-based products before these were kind of outlawed. And I mean, at the end of the day, I would be like kind of, woo, you know, from like kind of breathing in all these chemicals. Oh, yeah. That's not healthy at all. No, not at all. Yeah. So, so the emerald is a low VOC. It is. So all of our products that are residential paint products, we manufacture products for all over the United States and ultimately, you know, internationally. Well, South Coast Air Quality Management in Southern California is the most stringent air quality management in the country. And so we don't make paint that can be sold in Southern California and then like different paint that can be sold in Ohio, right? We're just going to make paint that works everywhere because eventually, 
those VOC requirement laws are going to come across all of the U.S. So we're already there. And so all of our products have 50 grams per liter or less of VOC, which uh, names it a low VOC product or a zero VOC product. Good to know, especially yeah. when you're doing a baby's room or bedrooms. Oh, yeah. yeah, you definitely, I, I can't see any uh, place where you can use, where it'd be advantageous to use a paint that has high VOC. Correct. Unless okay. you're in like a commercial environment and that's, yeah. just a different, that's just a different handbag, yeah. you know. So now we're going to get into a couple of specifics. So when you're painting soffits, Okay. We all know a soffit is like that space between the ceiling and the top of your cabinet or uh, some other rooms besides kitchens have soffits. And the question is, do you paint the soffit to match your ceiling or to match your wall? Huh. Well, I, again, my own personal opinion, I like it the same color as the wall. I wouldn't necessarily bring the ceiling color down unless it was the same color, you know, as my walls. If you have some of those really grand kitchens that have really, really high ceilings and your cabinets go pretty high and then you have kind of that soffit above it between the top of the cabinet and the ceiling, um, if you've got enough space, you might even use, um, you know, an accent color up there. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you have to be careful, though, because you don't want to bring the ceiling down. You know? Yeah, that's so, what I was going to say. Especially yeah. if you have a low ceiling, right. you're bringing the color of the ceiling down lower and you're going to feel like you're in a cave. Right, for sure, for sure. Okay, so the question is, what color should a ceiling be painted? Well, that is all personal choice. I, where I live, um, I live in an older home in Phoenix, Arizona, so I have eight-foot ceilings, so unusual here in Phoenix, because everybody has, like, really, really high ceilings. Well, except for the older homes, and I have an eight-foot ceiling as well, so we have something in common. So I like, personally, um, I like a flat white ceiling. That is my personal preference. So in my home, my walls are kind of a creamy white. And then I have that um, that tile. It's ebony. So it's kind of a dark gray, black kind of wood tone tile. So my floors are really, really dark and my walls are a little bit lighter. And so I really want to raise the ceiling a little bit. So I have them in a flat finish in white just so it kind of raises it, makes it feel a little bit higher that way. So the lighter the ceiling, the higher the feeling that it is. I feel so, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I have all white ceilings too. I did a blog one time, I think it was, and they're calling the ceiling the fifth wall. Oh, yeah, for so sure. So a lot of people, especially if you, have, if you have higher ceilings, you can do a lot of different things, um, woodworking, uh, putting some texture up there. They're even suggesting a bright color, but make sure that the ceiling color goes along with the wall color. Right. Now, if you do a wall, like you said, soft white, you don't want to have a yellow type ceiling or vice versa because one will make the other look dirty or it, it won't work together. Right. I saw this really, really, I was some design program this weekend I was watching and in the bedroom, they wallpapered the ceiling. It was stunning. I've, I, it was, I've seen really, that. 
It was so, I don't know if I would be brave enough to do that myself, but you know, they had the walls one color and then the ceiling, it was a very high ceiling, obviously. And it was kind of like that old fashioned floral pattern, but it kind of had a black background. It Uh was so cool looking. I was just like, wow, I hadn't even ever thought of that. You know, years ago, and I don't want to bring up too much about wallpaper because that's another whole show, Mm -hmm. but in the 50s, the higher-end houses used to wallpaper the ceilings, the walls, and the doors. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It'd be kind of a crazy look, yeah. Yeah, that was a little (laughs) overdone. But I'm seeing wallpaper coming back, but Mm -hmm. we'll never go totally wallpaper. Paint will always be with us. Right, for sure. Uh, So here's another question about soffits. Uh, Do we paint if there's a soffit without cabinetry underneath it and say there's a soffit running across from one room to the other, do you paint the bottom part of the soffit the same color as the ceiling or as the wall and the front part of the soffit? Huh. So, so the bottom part of the soffit is acting as a ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. So I have that in my house, right? I have, well, there like, you go. Yeah. And, um, cause we go down the hallway and there's like an air conditioning register that kind of goes there. So it's a little bit, the soffit is shorter. Typically uh, about seven feet ceiling, seven yeah. foot ceiling. Yeah. So we actually have it our ceiling color. You know, I did that too. I'm just looking at my house. I have the same exact thing. Now, the hallways are narrow. So if you were to paint the ceiling in a hallway the same color as a wall, you're again getting that effect of being closed in a little bit. Right. So right. I would say, but then again, I did a house with a an electric blue soffit and I it was higher ceilings and I did paint the bottom so that it looked like an accent. So right. really it, picture it, maybe using the program that Sherwin-Williams has to right. kind of play with it. Yeah. But but the most common is painting the ceiling color on the bottom of the soffit. Yeah. I mean, because for us, it functions as a ceiling. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But if you want to do something different, you know, I've gone into powder rooms and I've seen a lot of powder rooms online where they're painting even black. Walls are black. Ceiling is black. Now, save that for the I don't know, (laughs) for Halloween, I guess. But when you want to do something like that, uh, you're really experimenting. You've got to be eclectic. I mean, there's, you know, you've got to play with it. Dark walls need a lot of white accessories, I would say. So you could get away with it if your pedestal and your toilet were white and you had a lot of light on a dimmer. Um, right. There again, that's another show. <laughs> I know, but like, I, like if you had a powder room, I think that's the place to have some fun, right? Yeah. Because yeah. it's it's you're not really committed to that theme. It's just a little small space, and people aren't in there for a long. I was just going to say that you know you go in for five minutes and get out, even if you said, "Oh, I can't take this color; it's too much." But although you're maybe gonna... you're in there for a long time because it feels so comfortable, I don't know. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, what is the best paint for? Uh, kitchens and bathrooms. So if we're talking about the cabinetry, that emerald urethane trim, again, is like my favorite one if we were going to be doing cabinetry. Um, If we're looking at the walls, we have a number of different products that work well for the walls. Traditionally, you know, uh, new builds for years and years and years, they've always done a semi-gloss in a kitchen and a bathroom. And I hate that you don't have to do a semi-gloss in those spaces. 
I get it that a lot of people think, wow, the semi-gloss is more washable. It's going to be more water resistant. And so, you know, I've got kids and they're splashing and what have you. Again, I go back to kind of what I have in my home. I've been with Sherwin-Williams almost 16 years and I use one of our products called Duration Home. And Duration Home comes in a flat, a matte, a satin, and a semi-gloss. And the product is washable, stain-resistant, burnish-resistant. It's water-resistant. I mean, it, it, it is just amazing. And so the reason we have all these different finishes is that different parts of the country kind of want different finishes. I have it in the matte finish in my bathrooms and in my kitchen, actually throughout my house. So it's a low, low sheen, a little bit of side sheen. You know, if you got kind of the light coming in the right way, mm-hmm. you can see a little bit of sheen, but it's a very, very low sheen, but it is a highly washable surface. Um, I don't want reflection in my house. I live in Phoenix, Arizona. It's the sun is out 360 days a year. So if, if I had sheen on my wall, the light would bounce around so much. It might be too bright. Well, you'd have to wear sunglasses in your house. That is correct. But, you know, maybe in Seattle or maybe in places where it tends to be a little bit darker, uh, people want more of a sheen because they kind of want that light reflection, you know, to kind of bounce around the space. So what's nice about these products now, the Duration Home and even our Emerald product and Emerald Designer Edition product, again, washable, stain resistant, burnish resistant, all of those great qualities. What's nice about it is you can get a really... Uh, really, really excellent product that will hold up really well and then pick the sheen that you want for what you want it to be. Like maybe that powder room, you want it to be like in a shiny red just because you want it to look like that. Um, You don't have to have the shine, but maybe the design is requiring that. But if you went with the matte, it's still going to have that functionality that you would need. Which brings me to this point. If you had a glossy wall then your baseboard would obviously be glossy, right? Uh, Again, there are no rules anymore. I have designers that uh, will maybe do a flat wall and they want flat trim as well. They just want it to kind of all blend. I personally have the um, matte finish on my walls and then my trim, which is really not trim. It's just baseboard. It's nothing special. I didn't want it to stick out. So I have it in a satin eggshell finish. In the same color as the wall? A different color. I have it in like a bright white. Oh, okay. Yeah. So my walls are kind of a creamy white and my trim is like a bright white. I just wanted it, you know, to differentiate it, the doors, the trim around the wall, around the doors and what have you, and then the baseboards. So typically what you're saying is duration home, you can do the whole house in. And if you wanted to pick a different finish or a different sheen, you can still use duration throughout the whole house, right? Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, I just want to express, sheen is the design element. If you get the proper paint, you don't have to worry about the the space being able to be washed and cleaned up. If you get a proper paint like Duration Home or Emerald, you're going to be able to wash that up. And let me give you a quick example with that. So again, an older home, our master bathroom is a shower, a toilet, a sink. It's really small, right? It's kind of that older home, small master bathroom. So 
My husband and I both shower in there at least once a day. So twice a day, it is really, really muggy in there because we take hot Mm -hmm. showers, right? I have the Duration Home mat in there. And I get water drips everywhere from, you know, the humidity. Once it dries, there's nothing. There is absolutely nothing on my walls. And generally, you know, with a cheaper version of a product, um, you might see kind of phantom drips that stain the wall. Right, I've seen that. Yeah, and what's happening is the the colorants are actually kind of leaching out and dripping down, but you can't wipe it off. It's like a phantom drip. That does not happen with Duration Home. Now, what did you do your baseboard in your bathroom? uh, The emerald urethane trim enamel. The enamel. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which leads me to my next question, and I know you're a designer, too. Uh, Should the bedroom and the master bath be painted the same color? So I guess if you don't have a door, like if it's just an opening going into it and you really want that color to kind of flow in, um, again, I think it's a personal choice, right? If you want, you don't want that visual break, then sure, you could do that. But if you want, again, a little bit of a statement, a little bit different in there, you can do that. Mine is not. I have a different color in my bathroom than my bedroom. Um, so it just, again, it's a, it's a personal choice. Yes, definitely. So there's no written rule that says, oh, this has to match. You know, when you buy a tract house or a house that's already made, um, built, most of the time, all the rooms are the same color. Right. The builder uses that flat white, very boring, no personality. And the homeowner then can go in and put her personality in all over the place. Right. For sure. I've seen some homes where every room is a different color. What is your personal thought about that? Well, again, I think how big is the house, right? Well, say it's 2000 square feet. Now this is a normal size. You know, we're not talking the McMansions. Right. But imagine like where you're standing. If you can see it, and this, again, this is my opinion. If you can stand in the living room and see like the different bedrooms and all these different colors, to me, that would be a little unsettling for me. You know? I think it chops it up. Yeah. I think um, there's really, no flow. There's no flow to it. Right. It really kind of chops it up. If you've got the bedrooms in kind of a different part of the house, you have to go up the stairs. Sure, absolutely. I think that's fine. But I think that um, you want to flow. I remember when I went to design school, I remember um, one of my design teachers said that not only should the house flow, it should flow from the front yard, all the flowers, the car that's parked in the driveway. It should all flow from the front door through to the back. And I was like, wow, that's a real commitment there. But she kind of had, you know, it made a little bit of sense. You know, when things are easy, when they feel more comfortable. And so sometimes you can walk into a space and if there's like a lot of jarring colors happening that don't really flow together really well, or again, you can see those bathrooms with a lot of different colors, you can feel uncomfortable and you don't really know why, right? You don't know why you're uncomfortable, just maybe because the space isn't flowing so well for you. Yeah, well, I'll tell you a little story. When my kids were small, I did my son's room in red, white, and blue. And I had some open shelves with some toys on it. And somebody gave him a toy for his birthday, and it was blue and white. And I said, wow, this goes perfect with your room. And somebody said, his toys have to match. And I said, (laughs) no, but the ones that kind of don't go with the red, white, and blue, they go in the closet. 
right. the ones that that are good accent pieces they go on the shelf spoken like a true designer <laughs> <laughs> well you know and his room was like it could have been in a magazine it was really nice okay let's talk about accent walls now i read a lot about what's in what's out trends fads whatever you know somebody said well accent walls are out and then the very next article said well accent walls are in and i always say it's your house you do what you want to do but in uh doing an accent wall and say, for instance, your wall is a navy blue, is there, what should the other colors be? Now, I have my opinion. What is your opinion? So I don't really, in terms of what's trending and what's, what's happening, I think what's trending is whatever you like. I right? agree in totally. your own home, if mm-hmm. you like accent walls, I have a couple of rooms that have an accent wall, you know, um, and I like it. I like the way it just kind of blends really well with my interiors. So I never go with that. If you like an accent wall, go with it. Now, um, what should the other colors be if it's a navy blue? Like my husband's office, we have a, a, like a navy blue on one of the walls. And then the rest of the walls are, um, again, they're kind of like an alabaster so they're mm-hmm. very light, light white. It's a small room, though, so we didn't want to do too much of a dark color in there. So but, contrast is good with an accent wall. Oh, I think so. I think so. Yeah, I think it looks really nice. Now, could you step it down and do, you know, a navy blue and then do a lighter blue? That's a big commitment for color, you know? So yeah. you better make sure you really, really like that color. Um, but generally, what I see mostly is an accent wall and then more neutral colors around it. Yeah, I think the accent wall has to be bolder and making a statement. But that's just my personal opinion. Like we said, hey, it's your house. You can do whatever you want. Um, But I think if you're going to do an accent wall, you've got to have a purpose for it. Don't just throw a color on the wall and be done with it. There's a reason for that. There's flow in the room. You know, you can go with maybe... a white couch against the navy blue wall and then use navy blue pillows on the couch, you know, some sort of continuity there. Absolutely. It's really important. I mean, you don't want to just have that be the only navy blue in there. There's got to be some reasoning to it around the space. And I know when I've judged some design competitions and stuff, some of the most beautiful spaces that I've judged, I've seen like, like the designer used the color red, but purposefully put in the space, you know, in different parts of the room. And it just flowed and made sense really beautifully. So if you're going to throw a color in there, put it in a couple of different areas and help it make sense. Help the eye move around the space. Repetition is important, but not overdoing it is very important. Well, I know we talked about finishes because I have a question here. Should the What should the finishes be for bedrooms and, say, living room, dining room? Now, I know you're leaning towards flat. Well, right? my house has the mat. I have it all over my yeah. house in that mat finish. Right. So even if you go with a higher sheen in the bathrooms and the kitchen, you can still go with flat in the rest of the house. Or you can go with a sheen in the rest of the house. I guess we have to go back to that rule. It's your house. Do right. whatever you want. And the thing about flat paint, now we do have products, the Duration Home, the Emerald, that come in flat finishes that are 
very washable. They are very, very washable and they clean up really well and you won't mar the surface. So nowadays you're able to, if you really like that flat finish, you're able to use that flat finish in all of the spaces and still have a high degree of washability to it. Um, you know, if you're, if you're looking at a hallway, if you're looking at, you know, you've got a lot of kids and the soccer team is over every Friday night and they're bouncing balls on the walls and stuff. Oh, not in my house. (laughs) You want to make sure that the product that you have is going to be washable. And again, it's not necessarily driven by sheen. It's driven by that product. So, you know, think about how you're living in the space what product is going to go best on that wall, and then what sheen is going to help accentuate your design. Mm, So I just thought of something. There's a lot of little kids that like to draw on walls, whether it's crayons or magic markers. Does that come off easily with um, the paint that you have? So again, Duration Home. I I just go back to Duration Home. (laughs) That sounds like a good product. I think everybody should use it. It's an amazing product. So when I first started with Sherwin-Williams, Duration Home was out. And then since then, we've kind of upgraded that product to our Emerald line. So it takes Duration Home into just a whole new neighborhood with its like high degree of washability. But what happens is we have what's called the cross-linking technology. So the paint, if you kind of put your fingers together and kind of link them together, that's kind of what the paint is doing. And so it prevents any kind of stains and dirt from seeping into the finish of the paint. So if the kids are drawing on the wall, that crayon or marker won't actually kind of go beyond that top coat of that paint. And you can go in with a wet sponge and wipe it off. Now, permanent magic marker is a little bit different. Might have to use a little bit more elbow grease. And I know if you have kind of um, rubbing alcohol, that will actually take off um, magic marker. Oh, and that's on the good to know. Home, it'll come off. I mean, mm-hmm. it will come off. We don't recommend testing it and having your kids go and, and draw on it. But again, who's living in that space? How do we live in that space? What's the best product that we need to put on there? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if it's a retired couple, it's a vacation, you know, they come out, you know, one month out of the year, you know, maybe you don't need that high-end product, but maybe you do, because I kind of feel like, once you go through all that prep, right, it takes you all day to prep the walls or the painter to prep the wall or the cost to pay the painter. Once you paint that wall, I don't ever want to have to paint it again unless I want a different color. And when you use a really good quality product, that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. You're just going to be like, like I did that. I have duration home on my walls. And then, I don't know, it was about six or seven years ago. I told my husband, I'm like, I want to paint. And he's like, what's wrong with the paint? And I'm like, I just want a different color. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And the easiest way to decorate or the least expensive way to redecorate is to paint. We all know that. So think about that. Hey, I've learned a lot. This has been exciting. I hope everybody else learned a lot. And if you uh, have nothing to do this weekend, you can get your paintbrush and just turn, um, turn some of your walls into some exciting colors. Right. And actually, if they go to SherwinWilliams.com, they can go and do the visualizer and just upload a picture. And so they can kind of play with it and really see like, wow, look at how that will look in my space. Maybe I maybe I do want to paint a navy blue wall, you know? (laughs) Well, yes, I love navy blue and white. That's one of my favorite uh, combinations. Hey, you know, I uh, 
forgot to tell everybody about our sponsors. Oh, well, last week I did a podcast about appliances and why we're having such a hard time getting them delivered. And no matter where you buy your appliances, you're going to have that same problem. But since you have time to think about it, or maybe not, maybe you're really in need of appliances, check out Monogram Appliances. Um, they are luxury appliances. They come in several different styles, whether it's the um, minimalist collection or the statement collection. Uh, you will love Monogram, and you can go find out more about that on monogram.com. Or you can visit thermador.com and you can see their collections. They have the Masterpiece Collection and the Professional Collection. But I've used both of them. I love those products. Um, you know, everybody's having a problem with shipping and actually delivering their product. There's a long lead time. So get on the website, decide what you want, go visit the dealer, and then make a choice and purchase. You've got to put your deposit down so that you can lock in your delivery time. Nobody really can tell you what the delivery time is going to be, unfortunately, and we're going through some hard times. How is the lead time on your paint coming? Um, well, there are definitely some raw material shortages happening, not only in the paint industry, but, uh, in lots of different industries right now. So, right. um, while we do have paint, we don't necessarily have as much as we would normally like. Uh, but if you need paint, you can go into the store and our people can actually guide you into like what we have available and what would work best for you. Great. Hey, Lori, we're going to do this again in a couple of months. I know we are because we always have something to talk about. I hope everybody enjoyed today's show. Be sure to subscribe and you can comment on the platform you're using to listen to these podcasts. There are about 28 platforms that I'm on. And don't forget to share them with your friends. As you've heard, if you listen to this podcast, we have a plethora of information. Every podcast I do is loaded with information to help you with your house. If you want to learn more about me, you can go to nancyhugo.com. And if you have any questions for me or for Lori, don't hesitate to email me at nancy at nancyhugo.com. And just a side note, my second podcast, which I do weekly, is Hugo Floss. We do talk about everything but not design. So be sure to listen to that one. My co-host is Dan Hugo. He is my nerdy son. Um, I want you all to stay safe, have a great day, and come back and listen to our next podcast. <laughs>